I got you. <laughs> uh, but this is the Newsboys song, so uh, hopefully it goes well. We've had like uh, one hour practice. Uh, so, yeah. The song of the redeemed rising from the African plain. It's the song of the forgiven drowning in the Amazon rain. A song of Asian believers filled with God's holy fire. Tribe, every tongue, every nation, a love song born of a grateful choir. Children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, rain. He reigns. God's children singing glory, glory, hallelujah, he Nobody, nobody sees you. No 
nobody, nobody believe Every day I try to pick up all the pieces All the memories of someone I believe in Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you Nobody, nobody will believe you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows what's killing you There's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows what's the real you There's a kind of love that God only knows There's a kind of there's a kind of love You keep a cover over everything secret So afraid of someone suddenly will leave you Somebody, somebody, somebody sees you Somebody, somebody will never leave you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows what's killing you there's a kind of love that God only knows, God only knows you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only knows. There's a kind of love there's a kind of Misunderstood and the ones to blame. We could start over, we could start over, we could start over. Born alone, poorly ashamed. Misunderstood and the ones to blame. We could start over, start over, start over. There's a kind of love that God only knows, God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only knows. There's a kind of love that, there's a kind of Take a touch, 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 touch. 
trio song, but since they're not here for, well, we all know, but um, this is the Noel. <coughs> it's an ancient word that is synonymous with Christmas. It signifies the Savior's birth. It implies a shout of joy and a song of praise. It calls us to return to the manger to behold the miracle of Emmanuel. God with us. Of incarnate love divine, star and angels gave the sign. Bow to babe on bended knee, Savior of humanity. Unto us this child is born, he shall reign forevermore.
You know, I, my sermon this week has changed a whole lot. I had an idea that I was going to do, and it just didn't quite work out the way I thought it would do. Yesterday afternoon, I'm working on it. Nothing seems to make sense, and I'm like, Lord, I just don't understand. I had a whole, it was going along with the other servers I'd preached coming up to Christmas, and and it just didn't quite work out that way. So I'm kind of at a loss, and here's what's funny. I got me an outline together, and I started to print it off, ran out of ink. I said, well, Lord, I guess you really don't want me to preach that. And so uh, I've struggled with what I was going to preach today. And so right now, take your Bibles, turn to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. The, the, the title of my original sermon was, were, were You Ready for Christmas? And But then as I got to thinking about that, let me tell you how it went. I, I went outside to take the garbage out, and it was dark. And I was going out to the can. I look up, and you could see the clouds were parting, and you start to see the stars. But my neighbors have this really bright street light in front of the house, and it clouds the vision when you look up. You can't really see truly clearly, and you can't admire the beauty that is God's handiwork. And it got me thinking, you know, I said, you know, Lord, here's the, the is your birthday is, is passing, the day that we celebrate, the day that we come to thank you, gift that you came. And I said, so, but what's next? What's next? What, 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 what are we, what are we here for? You know, as you think about this, this week is Christmas, many will be finishing up doing Christmas family get-togethers and things. This will be it. But then you start to clean up. You put up all the Christmas decorations. You say, we have them here at the church. It'll be time to take them down. Put something else up. But what's next in our life? And, and, and as I thought about that, I thought I come to Matthew 24 as the disciples are with Jesus at the temple. And they're, 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 they're looking at the buildings in verse 1. It says, Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him to show him the new buildings of the temple. They were excited about it. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And so he said, and he sat upon the Mount of Olives. His disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So as Jesus and they were there and they, they, they were excited about this big, beautiful temple and how it looked, and then Jesus says it don't matter. It's going to be gone. And they've heard of him talk about his coming kingdom and everything. And they said, so what do we look for? And I said, you know, as what's next, basically what's next is the return of Jesus Christ. Has, you know, we celebrate his birth, but so many times that's all we really truly think about is that birth. And really, that's not what's next. That's not what it's important. It's what's coming is what we should be thinking about, preparing about. And, and Jesus says, take heed that no man deceive you. You know, and he says, for me shall come in my name saying i am christ and shall deceive many people say well you know we uh, we've heard people do that but you know i don't think nobody's gonna come say hey i'm jesus until they get everybody's attention it's gonna be like the antichrist he's gonna come up to power and people are gonna flock to him but he's not gonna reveal himself until the church is gone and and i got that so lord what are we what are we in store for and and and, and I don't know if it's because in, on Wednesday nights we're studying the book of Daniel and we're looking at prophetic messages of things to come, but you know, Lord's just been just just opening my eyes to a few things, and and I and I got thinking about what Paul said in Second Timothy. He said this. He said, "Know that in the last days perilous times shall come." He, he says that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. And, and I thought about it. I said, Lord, you know, that's kind of what we're living in today. We're living in, in perilous times when people are, are almost afraid to go out. 
They're, they're afraid of the things. And, you know, every time you turn on the news, just when you think it's getting better, they come out and say, oh, we've got another variant of this disease. we got this kind of crime. And, and we got people who, who used to want to serve and protect as police officers, now terrified to. So we live in times that it's not safe. How many of you remember when, when you, you, you could come to church and get out of your car, come to the building, and, and everything was okay? Now we actually have to have somebody out there watching the vehicles because people say, oh, hey, look, the, they're in church. We can break into their cars. You, you think church doors used to be open all during the week so you could come in at any time and pray. But now you do that, you'll come back into an empty building. We, we live in a time, listen to some of the words as Paul described this 2,000 years ago. Listen, to, he said, for, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Listen to this one. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Paul, Paul gives this description of, of, of this thing, and I, I thought about it, I said, you know, that, 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 that description of having a form of godliness, but it's just a form. I, I found out, so I want to share this with you. There was a survey conducted, it's two years ago, and it said that when they conducted it, they, they contacted evangelical Christians. You don't know what an evangelical Christian is. Go look in the mirror. That's what we are. We believe in evangelizing, telling people about Jesus. It said more than half American adults say that Jesus isn't God, but most agreed he was a good teacher and that he was a good man. Now that would be understanding if that was just a sampling of Americans across America. But that was the evangelical Christians. I mean, if you're going to say, hey, I'm a Christian, one, and then you say, well, Jesus isn't God, then what are you really saying? Because to be saying you're a Christian means you're Christ-like, and then if he's not God, then he is. But for an evangelical Christian to say that, that, it makes you see that when Paul said they have a form of godliness, you see what it is? They, they like the, uh, the, the moral part, but when it comes down to the moral lawgiver, there's a difference. And, and li listen to this one. 52% believed that there was more than one way to heaven. I don't understand the ages we live in, the things that we do. And he says, well, I told everyone about it. And he said, listen to this. He told us that in the days of Noah... In verse 37 of Matthew, flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving and marriage until that day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them away. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man. And I said, but you know, Lord, the basically people were living their life, but there was a problem in Noah's day. There was nobody living a life that was pleasing to God except for one man. And if you look at the way things are, if you look at these statistics that they're telling us about the evangelical church, we're living in the days of Noah. We're living in the last days. So people, we need to be ready. What's next? I'll tell you what's next is when Jesus steps out on the clouds, the trumpet sounds, and he calls the church home. <coughs> Are you ready? And I'll tell you, time is getting short. 
Uh, I, was, I thought about time this week. How many of you have just thought about time recently? I mean, it's like it's just last Sunday we were celebrating Thanksgiving. It, it was just a couple of weeks ago the leaves were just starting to turn. I got one stubborn tree that finally this past week it got rid of all of its leaves. So my yard looks like I hadn't done nothing to it. And I said, you know, it's like just, just here recently, it started to change colors. And I come out, and they're all on the ground. But I thought about this. I said, it was just recently that I got out of high school. Think about this. If you think back and say, what was 30 years ago, what's the first date that pops into your mind? Think about that. Most of us say, well, 1970, 1980. No, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. It's amazing how quick time goes. How short. I mean, think about this. How many of you, you, it wasn't long ago, you looked, gentlemen, you looked in the mirror and you, you had hair and it wasn't gray. And then all of a sudden, there it goes. Isn't it? And it, it's amazing how fast it is. And, and time, I believe, is short. Time is getting faster, and there's just coming a day that we'll say, but, 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 but we didn't have enough time. We weren't really ready. Jesus, you came, and I, and I wasn't ready. Could you imagine Jesus calling you home, and you're standing before him, and you realize, I didn't take the time to get ready. I wasn't ready. Time short. And, and I got that. I said, Lord, how do we know time short? And he tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he said this. He says, let no man deceive you, for that day shall not come, except there comes a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And I said, you know, I, I, it, 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 that verse is coming true before our very eyes as every day we look. There's a falling away from that which is right. There's a falling away from that which is righteous. There's a falling away from the things that we know are true. There's a falling away from God. People don't want to hear about Jesus. Amen. They, uh, well, yes, they do. I'll tell you what people want to hear. They want to hear that everything's going to be all right. That if you come and, and you sing loud, you sing good, Jesus is going to bless you and financially you're going to be okay all your sickness is going to go away and it's like we got a magic genie we just rub the lamp and everything we want's there but I'll go ahead and tell you that's not the way it is that's not the way of the world the Bible tells Jesus said let me tell you what he said if they hate you remember they hated me first so it's not like we're going to be the most popular people. People are not going to hear about, I've got to repent because people don't want to be told they're done wrong. They won't be told, well, it's okay. You're all right. Let me tell you, go ahead and share something with you. Sin, sin, it doesn't matter what it is. You know you're sinning. You need to do something about it. You need to, you basically, you need to stop. You need to realize that, man, time's getting short. And you think, you know, it happens today. The, the church is falling away. We as Christians are falling away. And, and it's because of we live in the age of the Laodicean church, which in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 17 says this, says, And to the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These sayings saith the Amen, that faithful witness and true, the beginning of creation of God. I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot, because thou art lukewarm, and neither excuse me, thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He said, well, well, I'm glad we're not in that church. Yes, we are. It is the church of today. You see, the church of today excited about people coming to 
I mean, you know, I, I know what it amounts to. It, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, it's about 15 till, so you don't have to look at your watch, and you're going to have to say, well, maybe he'll get done soon. We can go out and eat. People used to would pray that people would walk the aisle and get saved. People used to pray that people would walk the aisle and, and come back to the loving arms of Jesus. But now all we think, I might be on high. I, I might not have got everything ready. Oh, oh, when, when if I burn the food? We're more concerned about the stuff we have than about the souls that are going to hell. We are the church of Laodicea. And I got to think, I said, you know, you know, what church are you? If you look at the churches in Revelation, which one are you? You know, the church of Ephesus, you, 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 if you're like them, you, you no longer... You no longer choose what you have. You, you've left your first love. Oh, you come to church, but it's just because it's there. And, and if you're if you're like Smyrna, you're rich. You've been through some battles, and your faith's strong. You know, everybody wants to say, "Hey, that's me." Now you might be like Pergamos, you know, which holds you know you're holding on to your faith, besides living in the heart of the enemy territory, and, and you know you're not perfect but you accept the sins in your life. Well, I got sins. It's okay because Jimmy's got worse than I do. You know, maybe you're like the church of Thyatira, which, which you, you've done good things. You perform works. Well, you say, man, I'm, I, I, I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm serving. I'm doing this. But you tolerate things that you know that are wrong. You turn a blind eye to them. Or, or maybe you're you're like the the, the church of, of Sardis. You just dead. You spiritually dead. You, you it don't excite you to come. You just you just here. Or maybe you know, maybe the church of Philadelphia. You you're patient. You hold on to Christ's word. Or you could be Laodicean. You become so well off that you forgot what God's done for you. You know, I, I think everybody would want to say I'm more like the Philadelphian church. I'm more like the Smyrna church. But if that was true, then we'd all be getting trying to get closer to God than we possibly could. Because, see, those people will realize that there's something that's not right in the world. And if it's not right in the world, i got to be careful because it's going to get on me. How, how many of you have ever going to have your picture made or something? You get dressed up and then you, you're trying to stay clean. You ever tried to stay clean? Anybody ever tried to do that? Isn't it amazing if you try to stay clean? It's like every dirt in America jumps on you. I, 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 I used to, when I worked, uh, when I was in the shop, I ran this machine, a nasty machine. But everybody said, what do you do? Go back there and waller around in it? Because everybody else stay clean. Not me. I could just walk by it and I'd get filthy. So that's the way it is when you go out into the world. You got to be careful because out in the world, that stuff's going to get on you. It's like the you, you want to try to stay right. You want to try to stay pure. But Satan knows how to get you. So if you're, if you're going to be saying, hey, I'm one of those good churches and that's me, then you ought to be in the altar as much as you possibly can because you know that the sins of the world are clinging to you and are all around you and you're going to need to get some refreshment. You're going to get cleaned up and get closer to God. And I said, Lord, you know, you know what? You ever thought about this? We need to be more like Jesus than we were yesterday. How's your prayer life? Here's a couple quick things. How's your prayer life? How many of you, how do you pray? You got to raise your hand because yeah, I know everybody does. And, and you think about it, in the last month, we've had a lot to pray about, lifting people up. But how many of you truly prayed for them? Was it an afterthought? Or, or, or just a quick, Lord, help them, bless them, be with them? And that's did it bother you that people in the church were suffering? That family members of church members were suffering? That people are going through hard times? Does it really just get to your soul? Because see, if we were really praying like we ought to, we ought to be in the altar saying, Lord, help everybody that's in the church because it's not just me that's going through a hard time. It's everybody around me.
We ought to be, we ought to bother us. You know what ought to bother us? The number of people that you passed on your way here that don't know Jesus. As me and Julie are coming by every Sunday, it's like you can judge attendance of how church is going to be by those who are going to the biscuit church and those who are going to the coffee church. We go by a couple places that serve really good breakfast. These people are out on the highway. And then we go by places that serve coffee. Guess what? They're out on the highway. I said, boy, I wish people would line up like that to come to church. But see, it, it, does it bother you that that biscuit and, and coffee is more important to people than Jesus Christ? You say, well, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta go to church to be saved. No, but let me tell you, you want to come to church to be more like him. Because this right here could be a place you come to bring your burdens, your heartaches, your problems, your the, the sins in your life, and say, Lord, I, I got a problem. Help me today. What about how you know how how's your prayer? I started saying about how's your stuff. I had a whole list of how abouts. And I'm almost here. How about praying? How about praying for the lost? How about praying for yourself every once in a while? And like I said, then I ran out of ink. I brought it. I want to show it to you. And, and, and see what I mean? I ran out of ink. But there's one I want to share with you. What about your love? How's your love this morning? I thought about things I needed to work on and Two things that really get to me. The first one is my time. And I know I'm not alone in this. Because every one of us live a life. In this past month, it's like everything just kind of bombarded on us. How many of you, how many of you need to work on your time and what you're doing with it? You, you, you think about this, you know. Psalmist said in Psalms 90 verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. How many of us say, Lord, I, my time is short. Help me to be what I need to be. Help me to, to you know, to study more, to, to get into your word, to, to be what I need to be so that, that my time is well spent. How many of you how many of you have gone through a day and look back and say, Well, I wasted it. I've wasted it. You can't gain what's behind you. You can't go back to yesterday. But what you did has consequences of today. How are you doing with your time? And then another one I, I really wanted to get on was something we don't think about. It's our love. In Mark chapter 12, verse 29 through 31, and it says, and Jesus answered him and said, The first of all commandments is hear, O Israel. The Lord God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other greater commandment than these. And I said, you know, Lord, I need to work on my love. You know, it, it's easy to forget when, when you love something that's dear to you. When you really care about something, it really means a lot to you. You know, and, you know, it, it, I know somebody who says that, you know, I love my sweetie pie, I love my wife, I love my husband, but their actions don't show that. Their actions show opposite of that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. I'm going to do something. I'm going to read from the NIV version this and I want you to listen to about love King James calls it charity but it says love is patient love is kind 
It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And I said, Lord, you know, there's so many people who will say, yes, I love so-and-so. Yes, I love this. But when you look at what love does, you see them acting the exact opposite. You see them tearing people down. How many of you have ever gotten so mad at somebody, tore them down instead of building them up? I'll go ahead and raise my hand for all of us. How many of you have ever done that to you, sweetie pie? I'll go ahead and raise my hand because we've all done it. But you think about this. God's given us examples of how to love. If you can't love that one that God's gave you, are you loving Jesus Christ? Because if we do the first commandment, which is to love the Lord God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, then loving each other comes natural. Because when Jesus, God says, you know, God is love. And that's what it amounts to. I need to work on that because I find myself not loving. Anybody ever done that? Have you ever judged anybody? Here, I'll go ahead and raise both my hands for us. How many of you ever done things like that? You see somebody and you said, well, they wouldn't be in that predicament. You don't know what they're doing. You've never walked in their shoes. We, we, we can't say that we love God with all of our heart if we can't love each other. We can't. You, when was the last time you went to somebody here and says, hey, I just want you to know I love you. Can I pray for you? You want to know what the strongest way to show somebody you love is to lift them up in prayer, to hug their necks. There are people in here going through things. They've got family members who are going. When somebody, when God sends somebody and just says, hey, I'm just, I want you to know, I don't know what else to do, but I'm praying for you. You love the Lord God with all your heart. You know, it's kind of hard to love him when you're not where you need to be with him. Do you hear that? When you're not where you need to be with him. You know, if you love your sweetie pie, you try to spend some time with them. Now, sometimes, you know, you don't always get along, but you enjoy being with them. Being with the Lord. Do you go out of your way to? See, and I found myself in this time, in the things going on, sometimes making God an afterthought. That's a danger. Because if he's coming back, could you imagine? You said, well, Steve, what happened? What happened? You were, you were on fire. What happened? Oh, I can, you know what we'll do? We do like Adam did. I'm hiding. That woman you gave me did it. No, Adam, you chose. No, Steve, you chose to step away. You, you chose not to spend your time wisely. You chose to allow your heart to turn to stone instead of flesh. What do you do during those times? That's when you come back to him and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm not loving you like I should. Because it shows in my to everybody around me. It shows to how I treat people. It shows on how I how I greet people. You, you realize when you're closer to the Lord, when you're loving him with all so it shows in your face. There's a joy and a peace there when you're close to God. Walk around just looking ill and angry all the time. I, I had somebody come up to me and say, hey, what's wrong? And I wasn't, I didn't want to share that with nobody. I said, what do you mean? They says, there's something in your face that's telling me you've got an issue. I just want you to know I'm here if you need to talk. 
Well, let me tell you, that took a, I didn't really think it was showing. I thought I was doing well, that I was handling this. Let me tell you, you're going through something. Your family's going through something. You need to be in the altar with the one who loves you, getting closer to him because he'll help you get through it. You know, it's like it's, if, if, you, if you built a wall up between you and him, you're not happy. You're not joyous. You went through Christmas going through the motions. Where's your love for him? Where's your love for him? There's coming a day that he's going to step out on the clouds and call us home. Won't be time to fix anything then. Today's the day. Today's the day to bring your part, your problems, your burdens, your heartaches. Today's the day for you to realize the truth. Yeah, you got sin in your life. You, you need to take care of it today. Some of you need to be in the altar for comfort. Some of us need to be in the altar because of sin. Some of us just need to be here because we hadn't heard from him because we're not listening. What about you today? What's next? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, as we approach the throne of grace, Lord, I know today there are those that are going through problems. Father, there are those that are shouldering burdens on, on themselves that they should be asking for help. There are people that are lonely. Father, there's probably people here or watching us they might not even know you. Lord, you just tell us if we believe in our heart that you died on the cross for us and rose raised again on the third day and we confess that with our mouth, we will be saved because we know that we can't get to heaven no way that we do but through you. There's some people that need to realize that. There's some that need to realize that they're just playing games. They think everything's okay, but they know in their heart they're not where they need to be. So, Father, this morning during our invitation time, Lord, I pray that you speak to hearts of the people that are here. Lord, I thank you for opening my eyes and showing me the things I need to work on. But, Father, I pray you have your way in this invitation. Lord, there's some people need to come forward. But I don't know if they have the courage. Give them that courage this morning. Helping us make that first step. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. Ask you to sing, stand to your feet. We're going to sing page 109. As we sing, you do what the Holy Spirit tells you.